welcome to my Xbox and me, episode 177. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer, alongside Gatorade, Get Hype Moment, the sexiest man alive, the man with a brain, the man with a. I don't know, I stopped thinking of things. Snowbite Mike, how are you? I am doing good. Oh my gosh, it's a Thursday afternoon and I'm awake, folks. It's not 5 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time. It's nice and in the afternoon, the sun is still up and I'm feeling good. I'm ready to bring the energy for this episode. So we've we got to be honest with everyone, Mike. This is the first time in my Xbox and me history that we are re-recording an episode. This has never, ever, 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 ever happened before. Because usually I keep backups, but what happened was, so we recorded this episode yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. yesterday. Mike was like, oh, we should record on Wednesday because Inside Xbox has happened. And I was like, yo, what? That's a great idea. We recorded the show, did the show, bada bim, bada boom. I said to Mike, I'm going to need your audio because my audio my side definitely messed up. I was like, it's all good. We've got it. I messaged Mike today. He's like, dude. My audio is messed up. What happened, Mike? What did you do? Uh, I tried to save it, and then the whole program blew up, and I said, hey, we're going to re-record this, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't save my audio. You couldn't save yours, so we're back doing it again. But, you know, there's, there's a couple of new pieces of news added, thankfully, and we will get into them in just a moment. Remember, you can get this show early on patreon.com slash mc. Pixar. That is what keeps the lights on. That is what keeps me going as a full-time content creator. We say it every time. We say it every single time. If you are someone who likes what I do anyway personally um, and wants to allow me to keep doing it, please consider going over to patreon.com slash mcfixer and keeping me going. Um, remember, to go support the YouTube channels, youtube.com slash mcfixer and youtube.com slash snowbiomike. We are currently live over on twitch.tv slash mcfixer. So we will be taking questions from the chat a little bit later. If this is something people want... I want people to tweet at me, at MC Fixer, and at Snowbite Mike, at, M uh, at Snowbite Mike, and we will consider doing one of the shows live once a month if we can make it work. Sounds good to me. I don't know how you feel about it, Mike. Are you good with that? I love doing this show live. We're doing it all the time no, live, folks. No, we, we used to do that. Shh, don't say that. No, no. Um, and you can find us every week on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and the show goes live there every Friday. Might be a little bit late this week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's jump into topic of the show this week. Topic of the show, of course, is the Division 2. Mike, you are mere hours now, or two hours? Two hours away from being, well, two hours my time. Is it, is it two hours your time as well or not? Oh, no, I have five more hours. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So five more hours until you get to play the Division 2. But I've had the game since Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Ask me some questions. What do you want to know about the Division 2, Mike? What What is in the brain of yours? What would you like to know? Oh, my gosh, Fix. Here we are with one of the biggest games of service release coming up here. You've got your hands on it for all week long. So I got a lot of burning questions, and I'm sure everybody listening, watching live has some too. So I want to start off with the setting. 
Here we are heading to Washington, D.C. You know, it's something different. It's in the summertime. It's going to be bright. It's going to be vibrant as opposed to New York. That was kind of wintertime, little, you know, mellow, dark colors. So I want to know what's the setting like moving into Washington, D.C. with all the historical monuments, with the summertime feel. We've heard a lot about verticality in the missions and in the level structure. So talk to me. Tell me about the setting first off. Yeah, I know that was a, a lot of people's worries with the Division 2. Uh, when it got announced and shown, it's like, Washington? Oh, really? Why? Like I said beforehand, I've never been to America, so getting to experience all these new different parts of America is always fun for me. I love it. I enjoy it. But what the Division 2 does different and what Washington really brings to the game is some history, some love, some affection, um, some iconic places, which for me, New York didn't have. New York didn't have that. To me, it was just dark, dingy, snowy, scary um the streets seem violent and they're still violent here but it's a more mature world it's a world that is being rebuilt it's a world that is is on the up and up it's the world that's been lived in for a little while and you are helping as a division agent to really build it up um i love the fact that obviously your base of operations is the white house it's super fun to be walking around there and you're like oh oh this is what this looks like hmm interesting um but from a from a level design point of view, you, you hit the nail on the head. It definitely feels more vertical. You definitely are running up more. It seems like you're going up and up and up during levels that I have played anyway. Um, there's more balconies. You're shooting across uh, one another from trying to take out AI. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Just I don't want to spoil any of the missions, but it's interesting. It's a little, it's very different, but it seems like it has a little bit more to it now. Um, the world. It seems more more lived in like I, I generally i generally mean that where like division one to me just felt a little bit more generic where this seems to me anyway seems super different it is more bright it is more colorful um but it still has the broken planes and the rundown areas and the buildings that have collapsed and they're using that to to design levels obviously as you're walking up it i told you beforehand um when you go to one of the outposts that ha the way they've buried it off is it's two big gigantic vans that they have on sort of like um chains it seems like and then like they call out like open the gates and then these big trucks move and it's like oh this is cool it's interesting this is actually what would happen if if America or any country, but definitely America, because this is where they take place. Um, if America went to shit, so it's really, really, really interesting and uh, a lot of fun to be in so far from what I've played. Fifteen hours about I've played now. Played more yesterday with Yami. First time playing it co-op, so um, got a little bit more to say on it now, which is nice because when we spoke yesterday, um, I strictly played twelve hours solo. So yeah, um, it's good. I'm liking it. Definitely liking it. Oh, I love hearing that about the setting. And you touched on something I want to kind of ask you a question about. You talked about lived in kind of a living world. You know, we noticed in New York in the first one, you'd be running around. And there were people walking the streets, mm. but they were AIs that were like, don't point the gun at me. Go away from me. Leave me alone. And yeah. it was mainly just you and enemies. Now in this one, you know, playing from the beta, you playing 15 hours, we've seen that there are NPCs that will kind of form up yeah. and group up and help you in certain firefights. So that's going to be another question of mine you talked about a lived-in world what does that truly feel like when you're running around and all of a sudden you come on an enemy encampment but there's npcs that jump yeah. to your aid what is that like it's, it's super different and it's super um interesting because like you just said there's 
obviously there's NPCs around and pretty much they were pretty useless beforehand, if we're being honest. They were sort of just there. It's like giving you a piece of clothing. They weren't really helping. Now you have, like I said, the world is is being built out a little bit more. Uh, the NPCs actually help you in battle. They're on their own patrols. They're going to get food. They're going to get water. They're going to get tools. They're going to... They're helping build out this world with you. But it's really cool to see them doing it. It's not just a case of the game telling you it's happening. They're actually doing it, which is it's super fun. It's super unique to a game. It's nice to see a, a group of NPCs walking through the world and you're like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. And then it just pops up back on patrol, on guard duty, um, bringing back food and water, bringing back water, whatever it is they're doing. It, it just adds that that element to a world that is lived in, that is built out, that is real. Um, and it's really cool. It's nice. It's nice. And like I say, they're not useless. They actually help. Um, me and Yami were playing the other day, and we, we, we both said it. It's really, really, really interesting um, that they help out, and they're not useless. They're not just dying every two seconds. They're actually shooting down um, enemies, and they're there. They're helping. So, yeah, it's cool. You can Obviously, you can hand in items, um, your water, food, water, um, and components, and they give you XP which is really cool um, if you take out certain uh, control points, which is, that's dope. And obviously, as the game goes on, it means the stuff that you're picking up, the food, water, whatever it is, that you're not consuming because that doesn't make sense in this world and the way the gameplay works, but it makes sense in the way the world would operate. You're giving food and water to someone, you should be rewarded. You're rewarded with XP, which then allows you to get more weapon caches. It's super interesting. Oh, I love hearing that. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially coming off an of Anthem that really felt like it was just you and your three other buddies flying around. And it was kind of empty unless it was an enemy encounter. So that's really cool to see something like that with the use of NPCs, especially from Division 1, where the whole time it was like, oh, don't shoot me. Don't point the gun at me. That's the only thing I remember from that. Yeah. So I really liked that in the beta. I want to touch on the White House. You talked about it, your main base of operation. Mm -hmm pretty historical monument right there to be inside of live in so what have they added to your base of operation that may be different from you know new york city the big base of operation there what are some of the new vendors what are some of the new skills what do we what are we going to see in the white house yeah so far i've been playing the game very different to probably how most people play the game where most people will play main story and then do all the side stuff after i'm like the total opposite like most people know if they listen to this show i have been doing mostly side stuff so i'm doing side content control points hostage rescues just content on top of content on top of content it's like total polar opposite to anthem in that regard where there's just so much to do on your map you open it up and it's just like oh what am I going to do? Where am I going to start? Which is interesting. Um, so the White House, the White House for me so far hasn't really been explored. It's literally just I walk in uh, on the, at the main entrance. On the left, you've got your uh, perks uh, and uh, your perks, staff and uh, skills vendor. Let's call him. Um, and he lets you upgrade your perks, which is like your backpack levels or your uh, mod levels, whatever it is. Pretty much all the the skilly type things that you need to level up. And obviously certain mission types allow you to get more perks, taking down control points, give you perks and amongst other things and stuff like that. Um, so the White Hat itself, for me, I haven't really had a chance to explore. It's very locked up at the moment, um, which I know when the story opens up, I'm sure I'll get to see more of it. But currently I haven't, I haven't had a chance to really jump around and run around in it yet. 
Okay, that's awesome. Well, I like hearing that. And, you know, we've seen that the skill tree is going to be much larger. we got some end game skills that will come into a factor. Mm -hmm. So hopefully next week or the week after that, I'm sure MC Fix over here is just (laughs) ripping through the content. And I'm sure we'll have some end game talk real soon on the podcast. But let's talk about content. Let's talk about missions. Let's talk about side objectives. Let's just talk about any encounter in the world. We're coming off, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. I'm going to compare this a lot to Anthem. These both came out within a month of each other. They're both trying to gun for your money, your time and your effort. Yeah. And so they're going to be going for the same audience. Now we came a hot off of Anthem. People really enjoyed the gameplay, but mm-hmm. content was light division one content was light at the end game. Everybody knows yeah. that they did a really good job at fixing that down the road, but we always talk about the initial release. How do you capture people in that first window? So here we are. You're 15 hours in. Yeah. We're going to be opening it up, the floodgates tonight for yeah. everybody around the world. What are you thinking content-wise from missions to side objectives and encounters? Yeah, so far, I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed. It is The mission types are very same-z, but to be honest, what do you expect from a cover-based shooter? It is go there, rescue. Go here, take down a control point. Go here, um and do whatever it's very samey but it's content and there is there, at least there is objectives to do um like you said we are comparing this to anthem which is very 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 light on its uh, co- uh content and its mission types and things like that, that nature um the good thing about division like i say it lets you do what you want to do pretty much um i've unlocked areas of the map that i totally should not be in and i get one shotted and the game teaches you very quickly don't go in there you are going to die um but from a mission standpoint, there are so far I think I've done so you've got like your normal side mission, uh control point, rescue, um, which is like rescue a hostage. Um what else is there? There's there's a couple of others that I've done so far, which again they all feel pretty samey, but they are different in different ways. If you let the hostage die, you don't get the mission. But these are all randomly generated, like they randomly pop up on your map. It's not like you can go and do them, obviously, at any time, but they pop up in different areas and like, oh, it's kind of cool that something is always going on in the world. It's not a case of, oh, over here in the left-hand corner right here is where that mission is, and over here in that corner is where that is. It just adds, like I keep saying, it keeps adding to this living, breathing world, um, which is cool. It it is a polar opposite to Anthem when it comes to content. There is there is so much to do that I wasn't expecting, if I'm honest with you. I forgot that games... It sounds stupid because I played Anthem for like two weeks and like destroyed it and played over and over the same thing. But I forgot that games are meant to come out with a ton of content, especially $60 games like these two. So it is, it's really good and really fun. Are you on a lag, Mike? I think Mike's on a lag. Are we just pregnant pausing for no reason? <laughs> you if you're looking at me like, Mike, why can't you hear me? I cannot hear a single word you said. I am literally have to listen to it from Twitch on my phone. So what call me hell? right back. I'm listening. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm listening to you. I'm just like... Okay, I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? There we go. Much better. You're back now. <laughs> Oh, thank God. All right, two seconds. Let me write down this time code so I can edit it out. Oh, my God. I've got to edit on this week's show as well. Jesus. 17 means edit. Oh, you joke. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> something something's not right here something's not right here <laughs> oh my god really we don't ever have these problems don't edit it i'm definitely editing it definitely editing it probably won't here you go you can have this you can have the oh it's just you camera's just you okay there we go all right we ready we go back we're right. back okay any more questions you got for me for the division two yeah i think i have two more questions so my first question is is character customization like Anthem, we had some awesome stuff. You could touch up your javelin, make it look really cool. I felt in the Division 1, my character customization wasn't above and beyond the normal mm -hmm. call. There was some generic military outfits, some streetwear. What are we going to see with character customization heading into Division 2? Should we maybe lower our expectations just to expect to wear a plain blue T-shirt? Or is there some cool stuff that you saw in there? From what I've got so far, it's pretty generic and boring. But I, the Division did usually do a great job. The first game, I thought, did a decent enough job of giving you variety, giving you a lot of customization. It seems a lot more built out in this game, like they did with the end of Division 1, if you did ever go back and play it. Um, there's, like, there are, like, these loot box-type cash, uh, cash boxes. Um, cash, not cash. Cash. You get what I'm saying here? Um boxes that you get you get uh clothing in customizations emotes uh weapon skins stuff like that um you can you can dye your clothes and you can you can cut there is a lot of customization there uh for people that care about that sort of thing that's never been something that i really really care about i usually find one outfit and then that's perfect for me um but i know a lot of people care about that sort of thing. They care about how they look. They care about how their character acts with their emotes and stuff like that. Some of the emotes I have seen do look really cool. And I was looking at them and I was like, I do want the dab. I do want the, the dancing emote. I do. I'm like, oh, but do I really? I'm not spending the money. No, 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 no. I'm not doing it. But it does look really good. It does look really good. Don't worry, listeners and viewers. I'll spend the money. And I'll tell you what it's like. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. You're jumping on that bullet for us. Thank you. There we go. Let's keep it going, though. My final question, though, is we've touched on setting. We've touched on the base of operation, kind of the content and mixing structure. Mm -hmm. I know that you've been playing early thanks to that gold and, you know, yep. unlimited edition early access. I know you've been kind of playing it solo. You've been waiting for your core group to yes. get on. So what's that feeling playing solo? You know, can you do a lot of the missions? Do you feel like, hey, I got to have a squad of four here? Or what's that real dynamic feel like as we round out this topic? Playing solo is very strange for me because I'm not a solo gamer anymore. Since I've been on Twitch probably the last four years now, I very much have always played with viewers, played with subs. Um, and then before that, I had a, gr a core group of friends that used to play video games who I'd play with. So playing, and now, obviously, the game was given to me by Ubisoft. Thank you, Ubisoft UK, for providing me with a code. I got the gold edition for those who are wondering. Um, it's, it is strange. It is weird playing these type of multiplayer centric games on my own i do think it's kind of lonely and kind of um not as fun but it was still fun it's not as fun as when you're playing with friends like I, when i played with yami yesterday it was a lot more fun than when i was playing solo but it was definitely doable i never came up uh came up against um uh, a yellow named enemy or a purple enemy that i couldn't kill i couldn't do it there was always a ways around it which is testament to the skills that you got with your character um whether it's my turret gun that now has a flamethrower um, a sniper rifle on it that i can equip or just its normal machine gun um which but they're all cool they're all more unique like i said just they the flamethrower and the sniper you sort of have to do more manually and um get it to do it itself other than it doing it itself where the machine gun it does it itself it locks 
under characters. You can you can tell it to shoot at certain enemies, but usually it just does it itself, which is really cool. Um, and then they've got the flyer fire um, uh, skill as well, which is sort of like this this flyer that you sort of throw at enemies that can burst of smoke so it can put grenade uh, mines on people um, and you can blow them up and they detonate and that's really cool and it helps taking out like, clumps of enemies um but yeah i never felt like i couldn't do anything solo was it a little bit harder no not really i played with yami yesterday and um yami is notoriously bad at video games um and he made it way harder for me um playing division 2 but it is more fun we are we are taking down i feel like the, the scaling in level of games um is harder when there's more people than it is when you're playing solo um and you sort of have to be a little bit more strategic when you're playing solo because you haven't got that person there to pick you up so it, it's a different experience but it's not a bad experience i'd say okay well super exciting here we are just mere hours away from everybody getting their hands on it i can't wait and you know i've been hyping it up the battle of the heavyweights <laughs> by next week or the week after we're really gonna know who might be taking a part of the larger audience and which game might be struggling and needing some more love to try to get that audience back yes yeah, well i was to be honest with you dude i was uh i was looking at anthem today on twitch and it had 982 people watching and I was wow. like, damn, dude, it was never doing great. It done well the first week that it was in its early access period uh, for EA Premium and EA Access. Um, and then it dropped off and it dropped off. And then looking at it today, I was like, wow, less than a thousand people watching it. Uh, this was about lunchtime in the UK, so not like a great time uh, for big streamers, I'd say. But still, it was like the top person had, I think it was like a hundred people watching. And I was just like, Wow, this has dropped off. From a small streamer's perspective, you should be playing Anthem right now, let me tell you. Because there's going to be people hungry for content there. And I sort of scratched my face and was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't stream The Division. I should just stick to Anthem. But no, I am going over. But it is really interesting to see how this, this all plays out. So we shall see. Let's jump into what's been in our box, though, Mike. What have you been playing this week, sir? You know what? I'm excited to say that I got to play Spyro the Reignited Trilogy, ah. and I played Spyro for the first time ever. I've never oh, played okay. Spyro in my history of gaming. This was all totally new to me, and I took a chance on it last night, and guess what? I fell in love with the Purple Dragon. I mean, I sat there for five and a half hours and beat the whole first game in oh, the series, dope. so... It was a lot of fun to start from the beginning, kind of feel out what it's like, where it's kind of the, the collect-a-thon, where you're getting gems, you're yeah. saving the dragons. And man, the world is so beautiful. The music is great. You can switch back to the original music. It reminded me of playing Crash Bandicoot when you could change the graphics, but yeah. this was just more the audio. But man, running into all those cool, crazy dragons throughout the world, saving them, fighting off the enemies with your cool dragon's breath. Oh, what a fun time. And I didn't think I was going to beat the game in one sitting, but I did. And five hours later, I was super happy. So I love Spyro the Reignited Trilogy. That is all I've been playing. Super excited for Division 2. Getting dubs in Apex still. You know that. And that's about it. <laughs> so here's one for you. Did you ever finish Metro? I am currently in summer of metro that will be on my list this week to play probably during my single player stream so oh, metro no. i bet i will be in the next two weeks at the most but oh. i'm still loving metro okay oh speaking of that 
I think you recently beat a game that was on your backlog, oh, and I need to know all yeah. about it. Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, so I finished Far Cry New Dawn. Uh, New Dawn. New Dawn. Um, yeah, it was fine. There's nothing wrong with Far Cry New Dawn at all. It's a, it's more Far Cry. It's a cheaper point uh, price point than uh, a mainline Far Cry because it has less content. It was fine. There was there was nothing nothing really really outstanding about it, in my opinion. I liked what they did with the outposts. Now having levels, so uh, they have like a three star level which you can go through and you get earn more ethanol, which is like the currency in the world. Um, and they get progressively harder and harder, uh, more alarms to take out, more harder enemies and stuff like that. Um, but it, it was fine. The story was was fine. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Look, Far Cry have some of the most interesting enemies, uh, like bosses, main uh, protagonists in video games. Yet, they don't ever utilize them well, in my opinion. They got great dialogue in your ears and they're saying they're going to slit your throat and stuff like that, which is really cool. But I actually want to see them. I don't want it to just be dialogue. Um, and all the moments you get with the twins are really cool when you get them. But they are very, very far and few between. And then the moment, I guess, spoiler for Far Cry New Dawn, I guess. Um, the moment that you take them down um, doesn't really feel that special to me. Um, it just, It just didn't really... Didn't, it didn't do anything wrong, like I say. didn't do anything wrong. It's more Far Cry. You're taking down outposts. You're doing side missions. You're unlocking your specialist, which is like Hunk. And it's got some funny dialogue. And he's like, hey, I remember you from somewhere. Have we met before? And he's like, no, dude. You're in every single video game. <laughs> every single Far Cry. That's why you know me. Which is interesting. It's fun. But it's just not... It wasn't special. There was nothing special about it. Very 7.0 7 type game, in my opinion. Um... Solid game, solid gameplay, but could I have done without it? Yeah, sure. Did I need this? No, but am I happy I played it? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But that's it, sort of thing. Interesting stuff. I mean, you and I had a conversation last week about Far Cry and how you were talking about you rarely get to see kind of your enemy bosses, yeah. we'll call it, because the game is so big and they really don't know where you're going to go moment mm -hmm. to moment. So they kind of took in the boss from... I remember back in Far Cry 3, I felt like you Best saw one. Voss a lot. You yes. know what I mean? You would see him out there. He'd chase you down. And then when it went to 4 and onward, it was like, hey, this game is so big. We don't know where you're going to be. They're just going to kind of radio you occasionally that's, and set the fear of God into that's you. Exactly, and yeah. That's what you kind of give me the vibe yeah. of there. It's, we don't know what you're going to do. Here's just a radio phone call, which kind of takes the menacing, ominous presence away from you. But I guess they that's their best way they could do that. And my final note on that is yesterday I was streaming and I heard the word that on the Ubisoft store right now, you could actually buy that game at a discounted price already, maybe $20 as opposed to its That's half price, price it already was. Remember, That's a really good I think price. it was like 30 is when it started or 40. That's that's a superb price. Twenty dollars is ridiculously good price for this game. Um, it's well worth twenty dollars. Let me let me say that right now. So if you can buy it for that price, go buy it. It's worth playing for twenty dollars, one hundred percent. But yeah, exactly what you said. It is a case of they don't know how you're gonna play the game. And I again, I play the game so sporadical where it's a main mission here, a side quest there, and then I'm hitting ten side quests, and then I'm doing five outposts in a row, and then I get back to the main mission. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And it's like not that hard to follow, but you still forget what the last thing is they said. 
So then they come back and like, oh, am I going to kill you? And I'm like, yeah, but why are you going to kill me? Oh, because you're bad. It's just there's not. It's not a Last of Us story, is it? It's not a. It's not a Gears of War. It's not a, a, a Halo. Even even I can appreciate a good Halo story um, from what I've played so far in the Halo series, which isn't much. But um, it's not. It's not that. It's just a bit tropey and samey. Unfortunately, bad guy wants to kill you because you've come to their turf and you're trying to make things good and blah 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 blah. Yeah, but the gameplay is still outstanding and solid. So. That is that. Is there anything else I'm missing? No, that is it. That's all I've been playing. That's all you've been playing. Should we move on then? Let's talk about our Patreon producer. This month, your boy Mike Lynch. Mike Lynch, Mike, was in my stream yesterday. He was in my stream yesterday. And it was like, yo, Fix, we're going to play Division? I'm like, hell yeah, we are. Me and Mike met so many years ago playing Division 1. And we're not going to break up Plan Division 2. Maybe we will. He might piss me off. Who knows? But Mike, thank you so much for supporting this show. Keeping it alive for 177 weeks, my dude. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Very, very much. Let's jump into the news this week, Mike. First piece of news. Halo Reach is headed to the Master Chief Collection on Xbox One and PC. Microsoft has confirmed Halo uh, the Master Chief Collection is officially coming to PC and in addition to Valve's Steam uh, distribution platform. Halo the Master Chief Collection is being touted as a specifically built for PC audiences, including all the bells and whistles that come with a PC product. Quote, we're going to roll out each of the games in the Master Chief Collection one by one. Uh, a free for free industry representative said steam for us is a new opportunity and we want to bring our games to players to the platforms of their choice end quote mike it's weird that we're talking about steam it's weird that we're talking about pc but that's what my xbox is now that's what xbox is now it's not one place it's what not one platform it is everywhere which we'll talk about later i'm sure but how do you feel obviously the big news is it's coming to pc which is humongous but the bigger news is obviously halo reach is coming to uh master collection on xbox one which is sure what you care about how you feeling oh I feel ecstatic. I am so happy. I cannot wait to add this title to the Xbox side. And then for all of our friends out there playing on PC, this is a big deal. Halo is one of those games back in the day, Halo was on PC and then it didn't really get the love that it deserved, kind of really focused on the Xbox side. But as Xbox continues to branch out and really try to grow their brand on all sorts of devices, anywhere possible, this is the right move. And adding it to Steam is the right move as well. Don't put it behind a Windows storefront. Don't hide it somewhere else. Go to Steam where the largest player base is, where everybody's going to be talking about it. And Come on, who doesn't love Master Chief? Who doesn't want the prequel to the Master Chief trilogy that started it all? And this is a big deal. I cannot wait to add it. And it's been a long time coming. This is one of those, when they announced the Master Chief collection, you thought they would just put them all in there at once. They've taken their time. They've added ODST. They've added Reach now. So it's taken some time to really get the ball rolling. But I can tell you the updates that they add, the multiplayer that they have, what they've done, Upresing all the graphics, giving you that chance to turn them off, turn them back on, and go back to the OG look. This is a must-have if you're an Xbox fan, a Halo fan alike. Yeah, I mean, I said to you yesterday, and I'll say it again, that 
I'm really interested now to try Halo um, and start with Reach and really give it my attention. And really, as an Xbox guy that I am, Halo is just never clicked. Sci-Fi was never my thing. I'm coming more around on Sci-Fi now and actually giving it the appreciation that it deserves. Um, Jar Jar Binks is still the best Star Wars character, though. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, this is exciting, obviously, from an Xbox point of view. It's exciting from a PC fan's point of view. Um, the one thing I had a problem with, uh, with this whole inside Xbox, this was obviously uh, shown up, which was amazing, which we'll talk about in a second. But the, the big was the the way they announced it, which was a little bit weird. Which was like, hey, Master Chief Collection's coming to PC, and so is Halo Reach, and that'll be the first game that comes to PC. And if you buy it on PC, it's in with the Master Chief Collection. But if it's not, you're, you've got it on Xbox One, but you've bought it, you have to buy Reach again. But if you don't buy, if you have Game Pass, you don't have to buy Reach. And it was just the marketing was just sort of everywhere it didn't it wasn't cohesive it wasn't slick it wasn't easy it, it just why why did they why not just put it in with xbox why are they making people pay for this separately 100 percent fix i think the message was a little muddled right there when they first came out it was a big celebration a big moment they're eating pizza on the stage 343 is telling people to stop sending pizza <laughs> to the studio because they have that pizza bet going on but yeah. it was a little muddled it got a little confusing and on the xbox side you said to yourself well what's happening and really the message is simple if you own halo master chief collection i believe you get it or it might be an additional fee i'm not sure on that one That's but if you have xbox game pass you're yeah. good that was the big one it's like just have xbox game pass it gets you all the halos it gets you gears of war and just have it and then you're there you don't even have to worry about it and <laughs> then on the flip side with pc coming out episodic what's that is right fix give us the whole game let's get this thing rolling out because one of those is we talk about content 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 to come out with reach over two or three or halo og i mean these are the titles that people want reach is a nice touch and all but i don't want to play reach and then have to wait three months down the road to get one then two then three so it'll be very interesting to keep our eyes over on the pc side we talk a lot about xbox but it is branching out and we're sure we'll have another story about this but really how fast is that turnover it can't be months it has to be every other month or every two weeks or so and get this full game out there i am excited to see the forge come i'm excited to see the different pvp elements that they're going to add to the playlist yeah i mean for some people it's obviously huge and i'm not going to be one to poo poo it's just the marketing was just a little bit weird that announcement so yeah but be excited please be excited and uh, next up, Xbox One Phantom White Special Edition Wireless Controller Revealed. On the inside Xbox, Microsoft revealed the Phantom White Special Edition Wireless Controller. Inevitably bashing all uh, your other gamepads to the dark, lonely drawer where you keep the guest controller with the sticky buttons. Uh, though already available for pre-order, the Phantom White Special Edition will be available worldwide starting April 2nd and will retail for $70. US are you buying it? I am not buying it. Oh. I will say it's sleek. It's beautiful. It's really elegant looking. I love the top half being that phantom see-through type look. This is the second in the phantom series, they've said. So they must have had another console controller like this. One? I think it was black. Well, maybe red. I'm not sure. 
But I will say the white one looks really good. But here's the issue, Fix. You and I talked about it last week of once you step up to the Xbox Elite controller, it's very difficult to want to go back, buy some of these special editions, and not play with the added features of the Elite from the weight, the paddles, and the interchangeable buttons. But I told you I, I would prefer more special editions of this. But for $70, why are we not just pushing to the Elite? $70 is a hefty price tag for a controller. And the Elite is not that far away when I really think about it. I got to look at a controller from, you know, maybe that $40 to $60 range. Once we get to 70 and up, why are we not just stepping up to the Elite would be my question. So you were right. The uh, Phantom was the black one. It was a black Phantom. So congratulations on your Xbox trivia. You get a cookie. Um, yeah, we again, it's hard. Like I said, $70 is a lot of money for a controller, in my opinion. Um, but it makes more sense to do this type of controller. That's already been upgraded from the first controller that came out with the Xbox One. Uh, it's got better grip. It's got the uh, headphone input. So you haven't got to buy the adapters that I've got like three of in my house. Um, so for that reason, I get it. It is sort of an updated controller. It is nicer. It is sleeker. Um, and the Elite controller is a premium controller. Again, we said this before, but it's a case of they can't over-make the Elite controllers. They must cost a lot more to make. So your um, cost of product goes up compared to making one of these OG ones, let's say OG controllers, which is just a different shell. Nothing else has to change. You don't need new paddles or custom paddles or stuff like that. It's literally just a case of here's a different shell, boom, and we're ready to go. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not buying it. It's a hot controller, either way. If you're into it, it's a hot controller. It's definitely a hot controller. Should we speak about something that's not hot? E3 2019 this year. Let me tell you, it's not hot so far. EA Play Dates announced and will not have press conference. Electronic Arts has confirmed that EA Play will return in 2019, including where it will take place. EA Play 2019 is confirmed to happen from June 7th to June 9th, with a kickoff event on the night of Friday, June 7th. Tickets will be available next month, and they will be free for those who register. But rather than leading with a press conference, EA has announced it will skip the press conference this year instead of replacing it with multiple live streams that will air during the first two days of the event. <sighs> Mike, why? Why did they take their press conference away from me? My four-day bender is no more. I'm not going to need energy drinks. I'm not going to need junk food. I'm not going to need anything. And I'm not happy about it. I tell you, not happy. Your four-day bender is slowly becoming a small, long weekend is what this is. And, you know, you say it's... Uh, uh, you know, it's cold, it's not the best, but really for Xbox fans like we are, we're actually about to get a hot and spicy E3 edition because it's all eyes on Xbox all weekend long. But I think this is the right move for EA. Unfortunately, I've been a fan of EA uh, press conferences. I know you two have fixed because you enjoy the whole facade about it all. But really after last year, it wasn't the best showing. You know, people weren't too pleased with what they had to do or what they had to talk about. And here we are a year later, 
And what this really says to me is maybe that Vince Sempello respawn Star Wars game is not ready to be on a main stage. It needs a little bit smaller announcement. It needs a smaller kind of live stream to talk about. And I think they're trying to get away from bringing Pele on stage, bringing Ray Lewis from the Ravens on stage to talk about their sports titles, which is really one of their biggest mainstays. And everybody would always bash talking about sports for 15 plus minutes, which is understandable. But these are their key titles in the EA franchise. This is how they became so big, so they have to talk about it. I always loved the EA press conferences, even if they want to show a mobile Command & Conquer game. But this is probably the right move for them. Have a fun weekend fan event and just have multiple live streams each and every day with different hosts to come on and talk with different developers and show off their games. You're right, and I know you're right. You are 100% right. From from a <laughs> from an EA perspective, this makes way more sense and is way smarter. From an MC Fixer, I need goddamn content perspective. <laughs> hell no. EA, get your butts on stage. I need a pre-show, I need a post a live reaction, and I need a post-show, and I need my bender, alright? I need to be able to sit in this chair, which is nice and comfy, and I need to be able to slag you guys off a little bit and be like, this is trash. No, that's not good for your business, but that's what I do, alright? That's what I do. The Command and Conquer section went on way too long. But, I still like to watch it, because I like to take the mickey out of it and call it a, to a, a toilet break. But no, I'm not getting that this year, which I understand. And the one thing I will say, all jokes aside, I'm obviously kidding, um, is the EA, the Star Wars game, is going to be shown at Star Wars Celebration. So that's already getting shown off. They already announced that that's coming. So... Really, it comes down to maybe they had nothing else to show other than sports, and that was never going. They're never going to be able to, to. They can go there with a Star Wars Battlefront Two update, and that can be part of the live stream. They can go there and show a little bit more of the new Star Wars game uh, that Respawn are working on. They uh, Apex Legends update and all of that during live streams is cool, and it gives more, more uh, content to the people that care about it. Where. From a broader perspective, if the EA went out there and did EA Play and showed FIFA 20, Madden 20, uh, Tiger Woods... No, they don't deal with Tiger Woods no more. PGA Golf, whatever... No, Tiger Woods is... Uh, pull the color type moment. Um, the basketball game, and then they were like, oh, that's it, bye. People would absolutely go nuts. And maybe this is the smarter way of doing it. This way, the FIFA fan base gets excited. The... NHL fans get excited, the Madden fans get excited, because they all get their own trailer that's going to come out that they're going to see on YouTube eventually, I guess. Maybe it's a smarter way, I'm not happy about it, but there you go. I'm just someone that wants to make more content. Next up, Minecraft is coming to Game Pass today. Not today. Uh, on the Inside Xbox, Microsoft announced that Minecraft is coming to Xbox Game Pass April 4th. Like Minecraft, do you? How much Minecraft have you played in your life? Probably fifty hours of Minecraft, and it? I enjoyed every Rookie minute numbers. of it. Rookie numbers. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to think. I've only played it on the Xbox. I wasn't big when it was PC. No. And this announcement to me is like, man, wasn't it already on the on Game Pass? It's just so anonymous with Xbox right now. After they took over ownership, it's like to me when I think of that, I'm like, was this not on Game Pass? Why is this not on Game Pass? But it's a perfect marriage. This is so big, and Minecraft is so huge, no matter how you want to cut it. And this is a pretty big deal for sure. Yeah, man, it's huge. Obviously, nah, not being funny. If, you, if you've got a kid that doesn't own a next-gen console, or even the next next-gen, 
um, and you walk in and go, oh, uh, my kid wants Minecraft and some other games. It's like, oh, well, here's an Xbox and here's a year's worth of Game Pass. You haven't got to buy him another game. Saw it. Like, Minecraft is not... For the price of Minecraft, you can get two months of Game Pass. And then it just makes a lot of sense. And everyone and their mum owns Minecraft already on some platform. So now it just makes sense to put it in there and really bolster their first party lineup um, and really keep adding stuff. This was I was a little bit let down. This was the only game editor uh, Game Pass, but they already announced Fallout and Formula One and um, what else? Just Cause 4. Just Cause 4. There was a couple others that I don't remember off the top of my head right this precise second um but yeah it, it was still nice nonetheless so nice yeah you said it right i mean this bolsters game pass and then when we go into the next console generation and you're trying to sell people on the discless xbox the game pass streaming service xbox it's like minecraft is going to appeal to everybody in their yep. mother like fix said so like this is a great selling point it's going to be on splash title screens everywhere with this service so really exciting and i mean i love minecraft fix loves minecraft i yep. think it's a great one can't wait um, maybe i'll play it again i don't know i don't know oh, dude we could make our own world we could have a, i do get a li i'm not gonna lie to you i get a little bit anal i have like a whole i have a whole section like i'll have a box room and i label all the boxes and you put the boxes in the right thing and don't mix up the different types of woods i get real 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 anal so maybe you don't want to play with me crest refuses to play with me anymore because apparently i suck all the fun out of the game and minecraft's not fun no minecraft's not fun it's about organizing your boxes and getting mother trucking diamonds that's what it's about all right so if you want to play with me mike then we can play but i understand if you don't want to i lost many friends over minecraft <laughs> Uh, next up, Borderlands 3 announcement, further tease by Gearbox for PAX East 2019. Gearbox's tease its up-and-coming PAX East 2019 main theatre show with an image that undoubtedly points to something Borderlands-related appearing at the show, which would line up with the heavily speculated of a property Borderlands 3 announcement. This is also, so they tweeted something out, which was a stylized cel-shaded highway sign um, with a desert area with the sign marked Exit 3. They actually tweeted that again today. Another image, which was literally Borderlands, but blurred. And they're like, hey, this is happening. Be excited. And like, everyone's just sort of flipping out. Like, oh my God, they're getting more Borderlands. So I personally cannot wait. I love Borderlands. Um, Borderlands is, is one of the, the series that I actually got Haley into. It was one of the very first games we played together to turn her into a gamer. Um, you see her plan Anthem now. It's actually because of Borderlands. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I love Borderlands. I love the humor. I love the, the looter-shooter world that game is. I'm really interested to see what Borderlands 3 is what what is it is it a mmo light rpg game or is it still the story driven um looter shooter world that i have come to expect and appreciate are they going to really change the formula on borderlands 3 or are we going to get just another borderlands which another borderlands by by all accounts i'm happy with by the way absolutely happy with 
Yeah, I think you and the entire universe is going to be happy with another Borderlands. It's been quite some time since the pre-sequel came out. Telltale did a great job with Tales from the Borderlands that kind of kept the energy, kept the, yep. you know, the talk going on about that game franchise. And, man, it will be exciting to see if it comes to PAX like they're hyping it up to be. How big is this teaser? Is it a trailer? Is it gameplay? How much do they save for E3? What's going to be the release date? These are going to all be questions leading up to Paxis and then beyond once we head towards E3. But you kind of hit the nail on the coffin. Do they change the game with the times right now and make it more of the looter shooter games as a service where there's a lot of people all around you, you're doing things together and having fun with multiple missions? Or will they keep it just that one to four player story driven narrative where you kind of stick to that with all the wild gimmicks? What is this going to look like? I could go for either or. I think everybody really just wants more Borderlands gameplay. They want the crazy characters. They want the bajillion guns that you could get with the combinations. And so I don't think they're going to be mad at either or. It will be really exciting to see what they do. And how big is this teaser or this trailer to me? That's going to be my question. I think we just get a trailer and then it ends with like more E3. Um there's like a Twitter exchange going on right now with like the Gearbox Twitter account uh, and the Xbox Twitter account and then the Game Pass account got involved as well. And people were like, oh my God, it's going to come to Game Pass. No, it's not. I'm willing to put, take a bet that this game does not launch in Game Pass. No chance in hell. This game launches in Game Pass. No way. I'm going to take the bet. I'm, I'm going to, here's the bet. Here's the bet. You okay. don't have to get involved. You don't have to Let's do anything. Do I'm done. If... If it comes to Xbox Game Pass in release, we'll call it with release, I will buy one of your awesome fans of my Xbox and Me podcast t-shirt live on air if they announce it. Now, mind you, we have to wait till E3. We got to really know the details. But after E3, if they say it's coming to Xbox Game Pass day and day release, I... I win the bet. If it doesn't, I'll buy somebody a t-shirt. I, I'll take that bet. That's absolutely fine. And I'll do the same thing. But I will buy someone a Snowbite Mike shirt from your store. And we'll buy it that way. Deal. No problemo. No problemo. And we'll get people to enter by sending in emails to myxboxandmepodcast at gmail.com. Send in a question uh, between now and E3. And I will keep them all in the inbox. And you will be entered if by one of us and we'll see who wins. That's a great idea. And that's also a big deal. You know, aside from the bet, this would be the first third party triple A title to ever go like straight on the game pass, something like that. So it'd be really interesting to see if this actually happens and what that would change for the landscape of game pass. If Borderlands was the first team to be like, you know what, we're going to take this. We're going to do this. How interesting it would be. I don't know. Would you pay $60 for Borderlands after yes. the pre-sequel? I almost anticipate it to be like Far Cry New Dawn where I'm like, eh, maybe $40, no. maybe $40. Nope. 60 all day long and I would 1,000% buy it. Day one, get me it now and I'll buy a season pass for all the DLC because the season pass <laughs> DLC is meant to be brilliant. I wish I'd known because Crash just never wants to play it even though he says he does but he never does. Um, yeah. I no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm gonna win this bet, and one of my fans is gonna win a T-shirt, so I'm happy about it. There you go. There you go. And uh, next up, Apex Legends character battle pass not being released yesterday. 
Following the recent data mine uh, and a EA Origins League, Respawn Entertainment has addressed the league in suggesting Apex Legends next hero will release yesterday. In a post, the Apex Legends sub to the, in a post to the Apex Legends subreddit, Respawn confirmed the next legend and uh, as well as its battle pass are not launching today. Uh, the developer intends to provide more info on both as well as season one of Apex Legends soon. I feel bad for Apex fans, even though they're loving the game, like you are. You're loving the game. The gameplay's amazing. But you're waiting. How long have you got to wait for this pass? How long? How long is too long? How long until you just end up not caring? You know, for me, I'm not too worried about the pass or the new character. Too long for me would be May 1st. So if we go through all of April and this still isn't released, it would be too long of a wait for me. I anticipate now that we're halfway through the month and we really don't know what's happening. I anticipate probably the first week of April is when you'll see this, you know, season pass. You'll see this new character come to fruition. Maybe it's sooner. You know, last time I said this, I think the game released the next day, unfortunately. So I could be wrong about this. Yeah. But I will say this. I think they've got Apex at such a perfect spot right now, right? The game is running smooth. The meta seems to be smoothed out. They've only had one big update where they kind of nerfed two of the guns and nothing really, they don't really need to change the formula. They've done a great job with the daily and weekly uh, storefront, which is not an issue at all. People are enjoying buying that. They're getting different skins that you wouldn't be able to access without loot boxes. So I think they're doing a great job and they're setting such a strong foundation that if you add a new character, if we unleash the, se the season pass, it might start to fluctuate the game and maybe the game doesn't run as well. The meta immediately changes and needs to be addressed. So I would rather have them take their time Make sure everything is perfect, and then let's flow into that. Right now, this game is running on all cylinders. It's killing it. There is no need to break it. There is no need to change it up. So I think we can. I think we can wait two more weeks. You know, in my mind, I'm not one of those players that's now, 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 that now. There's what six legends, eight legends that you can play from. That yeah. I think that you could spend a lot more time getting to know mastering those characters there's so many guns the map is perfect so i'm not truly worried about changing it up right now i think they're still hitting their stride yeah it's a it's an interesting one isn't it it's uh you 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 kind of expect there to be more coming and there is there is more coming at some point i guarantee you get a new hero at the end of the month i'd suspect and the battle pass but when something leaks and people find information out, you just thought like, damn it, we why, why? Because then it gets people's hopes up, it gets people talking, it gets people wanting, and then they're let down. Apex is in such a good place right now. Um, oh, do you know what? This is the perfect time to insert this story, which I totally forgot to do. I was going to make a whole video on it, I still think I might. Um, so it was reported by Kotaku that Ninja was paid a million dollars to stream Apex the day it came out. Um, obviously, there was a huge campaign with all the big streamers. Dr. Disrespect, Courage, Lupo, Shroud, um, Ninja. But the big one that's come out is Ninja's been paid a million dollars to play a video game. That's like the big one that people... people are... <sighs> I'm gonna, all right, You ready for my moment, Mike? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Give have it to a, me because I'll fire right back. Give I'll, it to me. I've got to Give fix a me. moment. What is wrong with people? Generally, I generally don't get it. I don't get it. If LeBron James signs a deal with Nike 
for a trainer and gets paid millions of dollars, nobody gives a shit. But Ninja gets paid to do a sponsored stream and then leaks how much he earned, which is a million dollars. People on the internet want to lose their shit. Why? Why? Explain to me what is... Explain it. I don't understand. I don't get it. The man brings value. He has... I watched his stream today, playing Fortnite. 30,000 concurrents. 30,000 people watching him play Fortnite on a daily occurrence. That is 30,000 eyeballs on your product. I know for well he did more view. He does more views than this. He's had 100Ks. I don't understand it. I generally don't. I don't get where people's heads are at right now. We're like, oh my god, he doesn't deserve it. Oh my god, this. Oh my god, that. Stupid. And it annoys the hell out of me. From someone, I can I can only talk from my point of view. And I am an absolute nobody in the world of streaming. Nobody. But I know how much hard work and dedication I put into this goddamn stream every night. I don't sleep with my fiance at the time she goes to bed because I'm here working. I don't I don't I don't go to out to parties because I'm working. I don't do some of the things with my family because I'm working. And I can only imagine if I'm doing that, I can only imagine what Ninja's doing on his behalf. And I'm just really sick of it. It really pisses me off that people think that someone's not entitled to certain things. Because of what? They're jealous. It comes down to jealousy and it comes down to stupidity and not being educated. When you bring value to a company, to a, a system, and you are influencing people's decisions on whether to download a free game or whatever it may be, you are going to be paid for it. And he just so happened to negotiate a million dollars for this. Stop being dumb, internet. You're annoying me. Feel free to go, Mike. Oh, Fix, you, you hit it right on the head. I, I can't add anything further to that. You have to look at the value he brings. They paid all of these influencers off at different values of their market price. But really, when you look at it, who's the biggest man on Twitch? Who has the most concurrence every single day? There's only one man. And that price justifies what he can bring to your game, what he can bring to your product, and you have to pay that. So I am a little disappointed that people would get uptight about that. I understand they're like, well, why wouldn't you pay the developers? They're going to pay the developers off on their normal money that they already have and all the money that they're going to make in the future. But you have to get eyes on these kind of video games. And we talked about it before. Battle Royales, these are games are a dime a dozen. There's about 100 Battle Royales that have come and gone. And if you can't get all eyes on your video game for the biggest release that you're going to have, then what's the point of it? So there is no reason to get mad. Great business techniques by Ninja and all these other influencers. This is a big deal, and this is going to continue to happen. So if you think this is bad now, it's only going to go further. And this is what they deserve for all the time and effort they put in. The thing that annoys me, though, yeah, is... You said it best. People are saying, well, that money could have went to the devs. Yes, it could have. And I 100% I understand people that say that. But that's not the world we live in, unfortunately. The people that make the art are not the ones that are respected, unfortunately. Do I think that is right? No. I do not think that is right. I do not think it's something that should be applauded. So let's do it right here on my Xbox and me. Start saying thank you to the respawns. 
Start saying thank you to all these great indie devs. Start saying thank you to all of these companies and developers that put their time, energy, livelihood into these video games. I bet you won't. I bet you any money. Instead, you're going to sit there and watch these influencers. You're watching us right now. Am I thankful for that? Yes. But we bring value. We are entertaining. I get it. I understand why some people have the mindset that they do, but their mindset is wrong. It's wrong. And to try and bring another man down because he, he has the business chops. I'm sure it wasn't him negotiating. I'm pretty sure his wife's his manager. And I'm sure she did a fantastic job negotiating and good on her. But they're trying to, the fact that some of these tweets I'm seeing are just plain rude, horrible. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't this. Oh, he doesn't that. Oh, he stopped swearing on his stream. So goddamn what? It's none of your goddamn business. Sorry, they got me hot on this one, Mike. They got he me went hot, hot on this dude. One. He went hot. I they was got not me ready hot. for they this. Did, dude, because that's, do you know what? It's, as someone who aspires to, to be able to bring value to companies like Respawn or anyone for that matter, I've done a sponsor stream before. And I was so thankful that a company believed in me enough to pay me to play their video game. And it was a great experience. I'm thankful that I did it. But the point I'm trying to make here is how could you not see that influencers influ influence people? And you think they shouldn't be paid for it? So should Ninja be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, EA. Big multi-million pound company. I don't want you to pay me a million dollars. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just, sorry, got me hot. It's ridiculous. It annoys me. Let's move on. <sighs> Damn. One of those mo That was a hot take right there, dude. <laughs> uh, State of Decay 2 is our next story. State of Decay 2, choose your own apocalypse update arrives later this month. State of Decay 2's newest update, choose your own apocalypse, will bring with it uh, the Dread Zone and Nightmare Zone difficulties. Announced during Inside Xbox and arriving March 26th, the, uh, for all uh, to play for free. Choose your own apocalypse will allow State of Decay 2 players to choose from new two types of difficulty modes, Dread Zone and Nightmare Zone. Does anybody care? Unfortunately, I think the boat has passed. I'm sure there are still people playing uh, uh, State of Decay 2. The ship has passed on that one for me, unfortunately. I loved what I played at the start. Then the multiplayer wasn't what I wanted. And then the bugs that they had at the start of the game. And then I just never went back. And I said it, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. I think that is the one problem from my, my point of view. Only talking about my point of view. That is only my opinion. Everything that I say. Um, is the pure fact that... Once you've seen Game Pass... Sometimes I don't feel compelled to have to go back because I know it's there. And then sometimes the boat is just passed on it. And it sucks. But, unfortunately, that's the, that's the life we live. And that is how the new thing has come. The new thing is here. And do I want to play harder games? No. But maybe there's an audience added that actually do care about this. But no one in my chat when I was doing the live watch along cared about this, unfortunately. Mike, you're going to go back and play Dread Zone? 
Unfortunately, this does not get me to get out of my chair and want to play that game once again. Uh, I do understand it is for an audience that's still with them that enjoys this game, similar to what Sea of Thieves is doing, continuing to bring the content. You know, upping the difficulty level is always fun. If me and Fix were still grinding in this game, I'm sure this is something we'd be itching for. But when you come out with a title like choose your own adventure and when i think of a game that i haven't touched in a long time i need a lot of content that gets me excited not a difficulty change i need a new map i need a new zombie i need something new and exciting that's going to make me say hey fix we haven't played this game in x amount of months get me back in here let's get yeah. back into it this does not get me that at all it's a shame but it's just one of those things isn't it it's just not for us. I'm sure for the people that are still playing and love that game, they're happy there's more content coming, even if it is just a higher difficulty. Um, but for me, it just didn't do anything. So that's a shame. Next up, Fortnite to introduce an up undo purchase button. Epic plans to allow Fortnite players to return a purchase made in the last five minutes, although it's not clear when. In a uh, Reddit uh, thread via VG247, which pointed out that unlike Western versions of the Japanese uh, version of Fortnite, includes a confirmed purchase button before payments go through, Epic Vice President of Engineering Daniel Vogel explained the decision. Quote, we need. Uh, we neither want to add friction. We never want. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Let's say neither. Uh, neither want to add friction for players. He wrote. Nor do we want uh, to benefit from accidental purchases or players regretting a purchase. Um, so the new add uh, undo button should be coming soon. They reckon. But that's really cool. I actually think this is really, 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 really cool. Um, as long as I read, I read a little bit more into this. As long as you don't go into a game. Um, mm. after the flight, so it's you still need to be on the menu and stuff like that. Um, it is cool. It's like, oh crap, I've accidentally clicked it, or Timmy over here has accidentally clicked the button twice and bought a skinny deer. One, mom, I want my money back so I can get the the fish skin. And it's like, sorry, Timmy, your money's in the game now. No, there's an option. There's a way to go back. That I think that's a really good step, and I think a lot of companies should try and add this. Apparently, there are a few out there that already do this, but this is really cool to see the big dog Fortnite doing it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Fix. I've been one of those people on accident that have multi-purchased things that I would love to take back on accident because the button pressed too many times. Latency issues have caused me to buy things that I've never wanted to buy. And it's the right step, especially with the demographic and audience that Fortnite has. This is one. They've had so many emails. They've had so many people yelling at them over the years now about families having to check their kids for buying things. And this is the right moment to say, hey, you have $25. Do not spend it all. You can bring it back if you do the wrong thing. I actually, I like five minutes and I, I like the program. I don't want anybody to get it misconstrued. I love the program, right? But for me, whenever I played Fortnite and got a new skin, I would like to have the skin for at least one game. There's a difference when you buy it and you're staring at it face-to-face, -face, right? But really, when you play Fortnite, you're staring at the back of it. So for me, I would like to play a game with that skin the whole game so I can see what it looks like from the backside. It's a different angle. It's a different kind of when you put up against different scenery. You can really see if it shines or if it doesn't. So for me, the five minutes is great, and I love the program. But I actually would like to say, hey, you can play one game with this just so you can actually see like what it looks like, what it feels like in the game it's a lot different than just staring at the loading screen with these kind of purchases yeah no exactly exactly it's it's small baby steps but it steps in the right direction i think and uh it, 
I'm glad that it's there. Super glad that it's there. Next story. Dark Souls creator would love to try making a Battle Royale game. Dark Souls creator and FromSoft director. <sighs> Again, I don't want to say it wrong. And people on the internet are going to make fun of me for saying it wrong. Mikazaki Miyazaki. No, God damn it, names. I'm not doing it. I'm not butchering it. Miyazaki. You got it. Miyazaki. Jesus, we did it. Yo, what Zyga said it the other day on From the Gamers, and I was like, damn, that's, that makes so much more sense. Again, <laughs> I see, you know what it is? I see the name, and I automatically go, fuck, dyslexia. Don't, don't do it to me. And I look, and I go, oh, I'm, mm. all right, break it down, fix, break me up. Ah, I can't do it. Uh, reveals that he's got one eye on Battle Royale genre. Uh, Miyazaki, best known for his work on such titles as Dark Souls and Bloodborne, has revealed that he's not only been keeping tabs on Battle Royale and live service, uh, he has been keeping tabs on Battle Royale and live service phenomenon, but he'd love to take a crack at them one someday. In an interview with The Telegraph, when asked if he he and FromSoft would consider taking on the gamer's fastest growing genre, he said there's always a possibility. He went on to remark that these games are definitely fun, and if we did it, it might be a bit different. But we're definitely interested in we're definitely interested, and there's definitely a possibility that in the future we would love to take a crack at them some day. Dark Souls as a battle royale does nothing for me. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Dark Souls as a battle royale, no thank you. I don't get it. It's too slow, meticulous. Um, I know there is a PvP element uh, to some of these games where you get invaded and stuff like that. Um, but that, that part of the game to me, no thank you. But the live service element, four people running around, playing together, uh, a hub world, we're all going out on missions, leveling up. That, to me, is exciting, and that, to me, is something that would get me in and play these games finally. People always moan at me for not playing them. You've not given them a try. You've not tried. You've not this. You've not that. But it's just that I don't like the co-op nature. I've spoken about it before. The co-op, I think, is dumb. I think it's it's silly. just adds traditional co-op, and I'd be super happy, maybe even play these games even more so. But this whole live service Dark Souls, that, that to me, is appealing really is do you like the idea of battle royale mike uh unfortunately dark souls does not fix the mold for a battle royale type genre game we do know this the combat the fluidity of the game is not right if you put in x amount of characters you're going to get triple teamed you're going to get double teamed and it just doesn't feel right as opposed to games that we've played in the past and so this isn't the right one but really the words are this and just like we just saw from the creator of Player Unknown's Battle Royale, this is one of those things of developers, creators all around the world have their eyes on different projects. They have their babies, their masterpieces, but there's always a want and a desire to do something different, try something new. And he's just saying, hey, I like the Battle Royale genre. I like the idea. This is something maybe one day I would like to try my hand at. I think it's just because he's the creator of we have to put that next to it. But I don't think Dark Souls will ever see a Battle Royale game. I mean, please don't let it ever become a Battle Royale game because it just <laughs> wouldn't work. But I do think, you know, all these creators and developers, they make so many games. They want to make new different titles. And that's what we're seeing right now. 
over with Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Right now, the creator of that, he's gone off and made his own separate studio within the studio yeah. so he can make something different, try something new. And that's what everybody deserves to be able to do later on in their careers is do something different and still have that safety net to say, hey, you've made something incredible. You're going to be fine if you make a dud or whatever you want to make. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a dud, if I'm honest with you. I think people would to it, even if it was a battle royale. If I'm honest with you, it'd be something so different. So different. But yeah, not not for me, personally. Like I say, give me traditional co-op, and I'd be very, very happy. If I could just invite you, Mike, and let's go through and take down these big, scary monsters together without having to sh shake my light 10,000 times and be come back on the level 10 million... Yeah, no, I can't... I don't understand it, I don't like it, alright? I don't like it. Make things simple, in my opinion. And next up, Devil May Cry gets free Blood Palace mode in April. Devil May Cry will officially receive a free Blood Palace survival mode on April 1st, 2019. Blood Palace pits players against hordes of enemies and bonuses, which become increasingly more difficult as the player races against time. As in the main game, players can assure the role of Dante, Nero, or V in the Blood Palace and attempt to achieve the highest level or stylish combo possible. So new content coming for that game, pretty sharpish, if we're being honest, which is cool. New modes for a game, a single-player-centric game, is always a good thing. No one, no one will be upset about that, I'm sure. No, not at all. This is just like Resident Evil 2 Remake when you got that free DLC, the what-if stories, yeah. Ghost of the Ghost Survivors. Mm -hmm. This is a great little touch to add on to a single-player game. This is what everybody wants. You don't have to gouge them for 10 to $20 on a piece of DLC. That's really not DLC. We know this is going to be a smaller package. So yeah. to add it on free, this gets people talking about the game again. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's just, free, it's just more content for people that love those games, right? Um, that's something I saw in the Resident Evil community, which obviously I'm part of. I wasn't very happy with um, the way the what-if scenarios turn out, but it gives the speedrunners more content. Um, again, the same thing for Devil May Cry. It's just Capcom are hitting it out of the park at the moment, so congratulations to them. Next up, which is the big story that dropped today, Turtle Rock Studios announced Back for Blood. Turtle Rock Studios has the developer behind Evolve and the Left 4 Dead franchise has announced that they are working in partnership with Warner Brothers Interactive on a next-gen cooperative first-person shooter entitled Back for Blood. Something of a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead and its sequel, which were originally published by Valve. Uh... This was announced uh, via the uh, Turtle Rock forums and will be, quote, designed from the ground up as an original premium title and marries the best uh, of what the co-op zombie shooter successful with new features and state-of-the-art technology. Did you like Left 4 Dead? Was you a Left 4 Dead guy? We spoke about Borderlands really quickly earlier. It was actually the first two games I ever taught Hay to play. FIFA? And left for dead. Then we moved on to Borderlands when I met her brother. So this is like an interesting one <laughs> for us. It's a big deal. I think Left 4 Dead back in the day of the 360 era actually was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a cool co-op zombie type horde game. We'd kind of run through the levels, try to survive. All the characters were the exact same with just different character models. So you never felt like, oh, I'm not the medic or oh, I'm not the assault guy. It was everybody's on an even plane and you have some fun with it. You know, it would be tough to say I wouldn't like playing it again because it was such a fun game. But maybe that game isn't for me 
right this moment. But it sounds like, you know, Turtle Rock Studios, this was a game that made Evolve. And I really, really liked Evolve. That was a lot of fun. It was a great time. You know, it's very tough. If you look at it, Evolve came out, what, three to four years ago, and we weren't fully on this multiplayer all the time. This is how it's got to be. And it was one of those games of, if you don't have the market, if you don't have the player base, the game's going to falter and die off. And that's what unfortunately did happen. They had a cool concept, cool idea. Game was fun if you could get a squad together and play it together. But here it comes over the Left 4 Dead. If this is true, and you know it is years off, they literally are just saying, hey, we're going to be in the works for oh, this. Yeah. We're trying to hire people now. This is years from now. It will be exciting, and I'm behind it. I like Turtle Rock, and they have my vote of confidence. Have we not moved past what Left 4 Dead was, though? Left 4 Dead, you, you spoke about Evolve, which was, I think, too far in the wrong direction, which was like, each character has its own abilities, and you need all of them to know what the hell you're doing to actually have fun in this game. And then Left 4 Dead, if you go back further, which is pretty much pick up a gun, run forward, and shoot. But have we not moved past that now? Is that what we want in, let's say, 2021, 2022 at the earliest, I guess? Maybe 2020, I guess? Maybe, I'm not sure. Not sure on dates. But if it's literally just, okay, get four friends together, each of you pick up a gun um, in this probably beautiful-looking world and just kill zombies, is that not a bit generic and boring now? That's why I was kind of apprehensive at first to be like, you know what, I would pour money into this because I do think here in the day of age of gamers, we have kind of moved past that kind of gameplay. But really, people love the Left 4 Dead title phrase. Everybody's all about that. So if you could make something like that and kind of have, unlike Evolve, Evolve took somebody on the opposite side. This game is going to be you versus AIs most likely four-on-one, so I think of like a killing floor. I think of those kind of games, and they will have a small community behind it. I think it will do well. I do not think this will break the mold and get us away from what we're currently at with Battle Royales, very single-player heavy narrative games. So this isn't going to be that, but I think it will be a nice niche, and I think people will get interested in it. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm really interested to see, but who knows? Who truly knows? Moving on. Xbox games with gold this month for March 2019. You've got Adventure Time as one of the games and Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2 as another. On the 360 side, you have got Xbox... Uh, for, on the 360 side for March 2019, you've got Star Wars Republic Commando and Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance. We are going to open it up to chat today for Fixer Sack. Uh, if you have questions, please feel free to put them in Twitch chat right now. We don't usually do this, obviously, because Twitch chat isn't usually a thing when me and Mike record. But we had a few people in there that were like, oh, you're going to open up to questions because we are doing the show live right now on twitch.tv slash mcfixer. Um, so please, throw in some questions. I will pull up an email, the one we have left, and we can uh, keep them coming, please. This next email says and goes a little something like this. And you can email him, myxboxingmepodcast at gmail.com. Hey, guys. So I've been thinking big picture with what we've got for news and the future of Xbox. The big thing is xCloud and the idea that you'll be able to play your games nearly anywhere on any device. 
What I, have, what I haven't heard is anyone talk about what it means for more unconventional ways to play games. PlayStation VR is a big seller for PlayStation, and um, and what makes it successful is a much more affordable way to play good VR games. The HoloLens 2 has just came out, and it's a retail model. So, with that, a thing and a fact that essentially with xCloud, you could technically play amazing VR games with a Google Cardbox headset, and uh, your phone would be a VR, would support VR support, be something we would get at E3 this year. Big fan of the show, Jesse Douglas, and I'm not giving you a plug, Jesse, unless you invite me and Snowbite Mike on the show. If you invite us on, maybe I'll plug this podcast. Maybe I'll plug Arsenal X podcast. Maybe, but don't give me that winky face. I want to be on the show, and you better invite me and Mike on. At MC Fixer, at Snowbite Mike, we want a guest. Right, Mike? I want to be on there. Exactly. So, big question here, obviously. XLAD, the future. It's coming. They showed it inside Xbox yesterday. And it seems seamless. It seemed like it worked. That being said, they're in their own studio, on their own Wi-Fi connection. I'm pretty sure um, it didn't seem like it had any lag. And there's been a bit of blowback from that. Have you seen it online at all? Um, like Julia uh, having to like defend herself, saying I was playing it. It wasn't someone behind me uh, controlling it from somewhere else. And there's been a whole, a whole thing on Twitter. <laughs> um, and she was like, dude, I was just showing it off. It was a demo. It was like, no, there's nothing more than that. There's no black magic here. It, it does work, sort of thing. Um, but where do you think that leaves us for the future? And where do you think this leaves us for VR titles? Will Xbox be able to get VR titles and use the Google Cardboard headsets? I don't think they will. I don't think they care about VR. VR has not blown up the way... Um, I thought it would in a way I think a lot of people thought it would. Oculus and Facebook and PlayStation, obviously, they've got the affordable headset out there, and it sells pretty well, but it's not moving the needle the way I thought it would. Um, where do you think we're at with it all? Oh, my gosh, dude. Nintendo Labo VR with Xbox Game Pass? I'm in it. No, I think, you know, you might be looking a couple steps too far ahead. Right now, they're still trying to get the groundwork ready. They're still trying to identify how this is going to work, what it will look like when it goes out to the mass populace. What's the price point we talked about before? Is this an additional price? What does this really look like? And so I think when you look towards VR, you might be way too many years in the future. It is interesting to think of, like, if this is what it does come to and it all works so good look to vr from your google phones just like that which i'm totally fine with and i'm interested in that but i think first we got to identify the groundwork see if it's really going to work clearly this poor gal taking heat from just playing it on a phone and a studio you know it it didn't look Right, I will say it looked incredible, but when she was moving the sticks, the car didn't seem to be moving right with her, which was pretty funny to watch, in my opinion. But I thought it was an awesome reality, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. VR, very far off in the future, but with the way that Xbox and Microsoft are operating right now, anything is possible, anything is plausible, and VR could definitely be in the cards a while down the road. Yeah, maybe. I just... Yeah, I don't see it. I just don't see it. No one, I just don't think anyone at Xbox really cares about VR. And I don't care. And if I do care, I'll use it on my PC, which has got the better versions. Google Cardboard's never interests me. It's just a phone to my eyes, in my opinion. 
Um, we've got one question coming on Twitter, uh, Twitch, sorry. Uh, and it says, Hi, Fixer Mike. With E3 roughly three months away, what do you want to see from Xbox hardware-wise? Like a new Elite controller, slimmer model, maybe even a phone holder for the X-Clad when it comes out? From a wild yes. Yami enters. Yami, thank you for the question from Twitch chat. For me, I don't want any of that. I want it to be about games, 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 again. I don't want to hear about new hardware, really. Maybe just a quick thing like they did with the Elite, uh, the uh, Project Scorpio. Maybe like a, we've got something to say about Xbox 2, but we're not going to announce it until another day. Like at the end, like an end stinger. But I don't, I don't need a whole E3 press conference on it, personally. I know me and Mike have spoken about it beforehand. We're like, PlayStation's not there. They, they, this is their chance. But for me, from me at a press conference, I want to see new games. I want to see what all these 15 studios are working on. I want to see what uh, third-party deals they worked on with, with EA and all these other companies. That's what I want. I don't need to see a new slim model Xbox or a X-Clad holder, which they will definitely will have. Or a new Elite controller. I don't need any hardware. I just need games. The hardware we can talk about it in inside Xbox. Or at another time. I think E3 is about games. And show me goddamn games. Okay. Okay. I mean I fully agree with Fix. Of course I'm there. I want to see all the games. I want to see what the new studios are producing. And I, I agree with that. I think the games get people excited, get them going. We do know traditionally when people start talking about new hardware, kind of slows the conference down. We get into things that are really uh, far above the normal consumer's head from teraflops to hard drives and things that maybe people aren't truly feeling. But to field this question exactly, I will be at E3 this year. I do want to see Xbox Anaconda and Lockhart announced <laughs> on stage and really pushed and talked about. I think the X Cloud holder, little too small. That's an that's a inside Xbox yeah. or just a Microsoft pre uh, briefing. I think an an elite controller, whether it be, I wouldn't want to see elite controller too. I would like to see. Hey, guess what? Xbox Design Labs is now going to feature elite controllers. That would blow the roof off hardware wise for me, but. Really what it comes down to in your question is all I want to see is the two new consoles. I think what we talked about last week with the possible Dislicks Xbox One S SKU, that's going to come out in April and release come May. If that is true, we don't have to touch on that. We can talk about what we have, but I got to see the two new consoles. I think this is the year that they will talk about that. I think this is the year they'll get that slower little bit of press conference out of the way so next year when Play playstation wants to come back and talk about their own playstation guess what fix is going to have an hour and a half or an hour of non-stop xbox games on the brand new consoles that's going to blow him away but i think now is the year where you come out and we have a little bit slower dialogue we can talk about the teraflops that nobody really wants to listen about <laughs> and get it out of the way now yeah i just that boring mobo job I don't care about. I know I'm buying the console. And maybe it's just because I know I'm buying the console. I don't need to sell it to me. It, it literally could be one gigabyte better than probably what I've got now. And I'll probably be yeah! New console, give it to me! But um, I just, yeah. I mean, my PC's already better than my Xbox One X. But I don't care because I want an Xbox. That's what I want. Uh, we've got one more question coming in. So let me read it. Is there any point in buying Square and its games now? 
they all end up in Game Pass anyway, and reviews are at, and review as okay to good. I assume um, we're talking about just calls that's just gone in. Me and Mike spoke about this on last week's episode, if I'm not mistaken. You didn't feel any bad blood about the game going into Game Pass, right? No, not at all. I wasn't mad at that. I do know. We know that the game wasn't really well received. A lot of people, they're just cause fans. They enjoyed it. But really, the mass audience wasn't like, oh, my God, we got to play just cause immediately yeah. here. And so I'm not overly mad. I knew what I was getting into. I told Fix, I really only bought the game to play the wingsuit and grappling hook game for two and a half hours to set the record. And then other than that, I haven't gone back to it. So I think this is the right move for this game to go to Game Pass, get to a larger audience. And Game Pass, we've talked about it before, like Fixer said, is like it leads to sales. Once it goes off of Game Pass, now people want it. They want that discounted price. So this is the right move for Just Cause 4. Yeah, I don't think I think the question is a little bit more broad than that. Square Enix, I think that's way too a broader spectrum. Well, yeah, because Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy uh, Seven, Final Fantasy X, two remakes, Final Fantasy... Um, what's the one with Blitzball that you're getting, Mike? I don't think any oh. of those. <laughs> I don't think any of those games are going to be in Game Pass anytime soon because they know that those games are going to sell over a long period of time. I mean, you said Square Enix, so you're talking about Kingdom Hearts Three. Yeah, I think that game's not going to be in Game Pass anytime soon. I think maybe you've picked one specific game there with just calls. I can't think of any others that come to mind. Um, from Square Enix that have just jumped in Game Pass in the near future. I mean, I suppose you could say Tomb Raider as well, um, which you just literally just said. Um, yeah, I mean, they're two big hitters. I get it. I get why you may be a little bit uh, gun shy if you have Game Pass now not to throw your game to buy these games. But remember, if you don't support these games up front, they don't go in Game Pass because they wouldn't be able to afford to even make these games. So that is something to bear in mind. Game Pass is then an afterthought, but they do need to sell well enough to even get more of these type of games. Otherwise, the studios go bust. They can't live on Game Pass alone. So, yeah. I do think you should support art that you care about. That's the main thing to say. Mike, that is it for us. Let's plug, plug, plug and get ourselves out of here. Please, no audio problems. Um, what have you got to plug this week, my friend? What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike. You can catch me live streaming live five nights a week, twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike. And guess what? This week and probably in the future, I'm going to switch it up. We're going to host two community tournaments each and every week. One Friday night, which will probably be more Battle Royale and the hot video game of the week type centric. And then Sundays are going to be our chill, laid back, community driven, voted on game like Smash Bros, Mario Kart, whatever you want to call it. But I will tell you, Tomorrow night, we're hosting week number two of my Apex tournament. $150 on the line for the winning team. It's a great time. Get your squad together and come get involved on a Friday evening. I know my UK fans out there with Fix, you guys are on a whole nother time frame. And maybe one day we'll figure it out. But as of right now, it is on that West Coast, Best Coast time frame of 6 p.m. PT. Well, Dan only still turns up, the crazy son of a gun. He's always awake, that guy. Jesus. I know Paul, Paul's been turning up as well. He's in the UK. You got a few of them. You got a few of them. I'm not going to lie. Got some, got some, some night owls out there yeah, that want to stay awake. Is not, right. Not me, dude. One time I pretended I was going to, and then I went straight to bed. I was like, hell no, I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. Um, yeah, make sure you support Mike, especially on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash snowbikemike. Um, you can find me everywhere at MC Fixer. Um, 
the big one I want to push this week is the merch store, twi- uh, streamlabs.com slash mcfixer. Uh, we've got my Xbox and me hoodies. We've got I support mcfixer hoodies. We've got fixer t-shirts. We have got a bunch of brand new merch. If you want a my Xbox and me mug, I think it might actually be the last day you can get it today. Um, so please go consider going to get it, checking it out. And we're going to do an exclusive piece of merch every single month. Um, and just to try and help support the streamer. Some people don't like Patreon. Some people don't want to support with a sub on Twitch. Then why not buy a piece of merch and support that way? You get something, I get something, and everyone is laughing. Remember, Patreon is what keeps the lights on low. It's what gives me a monthly wage, which allows me to do this and keeps the tax man off my back because I do have to declare my money. Trust me. I wish I got to just keep it all to me, but I don't. Um, But thank you all for the support. And until next week, again, apologies for the late show. But until then, love you, leave you, and see you all later. Goodbye.